When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, hello, everybody. It is March. It is time for the madness. And I can't think of anywhere else that I would rather be than courtside for all the madness with my guy, Gabe Ibrahim. I am Christy Winter Scott, and we are sitting courtside on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network for another fantastic edition of Courtside with Christy and Gabe. Gabe, man, listen, it's already, there's so much madness that was happening Mm -hmm. in February, so it's just going to carry over to March, right? I mean, it's been insane across the board nationally on the college level. I know. And we're, and it's also like, it's, it's weird because we're nearing, we're nearing a year of life like this. Um, and, and it's kind of seeming like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Like I know a lot of people who have been vaccinated and things are looking better in life and yeah. we're having awesome college basketball. Um, so all of these things are, are, are feeling, it's feeling good, right? It's kind of feeling yeah. like, you know, Hey, this time last year, kind of felt like there was going to be a tournament and then there wasn't a tournament and now we're here and we're having the tournaments. So I know it's, it's insane. I can't believe it's been almost a year. Like, first of all, that was like, that was my last assignment was the big 10 tournament last year. And now the big 10 tournaments right here in front of us uh, for the women's teams. And it's just been crazy to think about what has transpired in this last 12 month uh, segment mm-hmm. of of our lives but mm-hmm. boy i tell you what these players and coaches and support staff members trainers sids kudos to all of them because they have been jumping through hoops so that we can have hoops so mm-hmm. we appreciate that i just have to say that uh you know being part of a, a five-hour delay with the <laughs> michigan iowa game like you know we're all like we just 
we just want sports so badly. We want it done in a safe manner, but there's a price to pay. And that's, that's with our time in the postponements and the delays and, and we deal with it and then we get great hoops, but still it's like, man, what, what sacrifices, you know, have been made for, for everyone to, to get what they want from sports and athletics and what that teaches you outside of the tactical part of the game. Yep. And I mean, look, it's been a long year and we've talked about it all year. I, we have hoops and it's going to be, we're going to have March Madness and I'm just ridiculously excited because this year is going to be insane. And we've said it like 8 million times throughout the year. And now we're getting to the tournament and it's already crazy. Like Oregon state beat Oregon in the PAC 12 quarterfinal, which is nuts. Like, you know, like we didn't see that coming. And I want to talk no. more about Oregon State. UCF, I didn't even see this. UCF beat South Florida in the, uh, is this the AAC? I don't even know if the AAC's in the tournament. Like the Big Ten tournament hasn't started. <laughs> so it's like, it's it's crazy. Um, I think we're going to, we're in for um, one of the craziest March Madnesses ever. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that being said, uh, March is different. It, even yeah. in a normal time. March is different for college basketball teams than the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, You know this because (laughs) you want, you want three straight ACC titles, tournament titles. Actually it was two. It was two, but I tell you what, it was three games in three days, both times. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, that was, that was the trifecta of it. But that was just, I'm going to tell you what, if there is anything that I would like to go back and experience would be to go back and, mm-hmm. and relive those back-to-back titles at, at Maryland uh, when Maryland was in the ACC and how hard it was and how grueling and gritty it was and the ice baths after the games and just looking teammates in the eye saying, you ready? And I'm ready if you're ready. And we would just take the floor <laughs> and just give whatever we had left that day and the adrenaline of the third game in three days, you know, you're playing for the championship and to get it done twice back to back, man, that's, that's something that I will never, ever forget in my lifetime ever. I mean, it was worth it. Mm -hmm. All of the, the sweat, tears, pain, soreness, whatever, sitting in the ice bath, cringing and (laughs) timing it out. Like how many more minutes do I have? And then cranking the heat up in the hotel, trying to (laughs) recover Mm -hmm. and joking about how we all had hypothermia, like because, (laughs) (laughs) because of the ice baths, man, I tell you what, it takes me right back uh, to the, to that moment and what it took to win it and not just plays run, but the, the guts, the heart, the hustle and just the resilience of the moment. And that's what March basketball is. Like you either are built that way mentally or you're not. And Mm -hmm. the last team standing, whether it be conference title or national title, the last team standing, you look back at that team and you say they're built differently on the mental side. And, you know, athletically everybody can run plays and do whatever, but you know, there's a different level, like you said, in March. I'm wondering actually, because I hadn't thought, I've never thought about this. Like, is the conference tournament actually, I get, I don't know if it's harder, whatever. Like, is the conference tournament more grueling than the NCAA tournament just because you have like, there's like three or four games back to back? Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's like, 
really there's, there's no prep time. I mean, mm-hmm. there could be upsets, like you just said, with the Oregon State beating Oregon. Now, you know, you could be looking and having all these scouts already done, thinking, well, Oregon will come through on that round. So I'm going to scout for them. But now they lost. Now you have to scout an entirely different yeah. team. You have zero time. You probably have an hour shoot around where you're walking through sets, trying to take away some inbounds of things that they like to do or, or something like that. Like you have no time. Like it comes down to, you know, bearing down, snatching your ears back and your shoulders back, getting that, 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 uh, that furled look on your face. <laughs> and you just have to go hard. You just have to play hard and just outwork everybody and out tough everybody. And, and that's why I believe that tournament time, you know, conference tournament time is, is much tougher, you know, in terms of mental and, and physical prep. Yeah. And it's also like you're playing teams that you've played before. Like all these teams know you and you know them. And in your case with Maryland, like you guys were the top dog. Well, one, one year, the other year, two, but whatever, like you're still, the other teams are gunning for you. So it's really, I I never really thought about how much harder the conference tournament is than the NCAA. Um, So when you're, so you're saying like, you don't have any time to prepare. So like, no. what do you, what is, what are, what are your coaches telling? Like what, what is happening in, in It's just like, guys, you're going to have to strap up and, and yep. go, go out there. <laughs> like that's what we're doing. Uh, yeah. That's, that's pretty much it. But at the same time, I think, you know, you're not going to reinvent the wheel at that point mm-hmm. of the season with what you have done to get you where you are. Right. So mm-hmm. you're refining what you do and that's what you're relying upon more heavily than everything that the other team is going to do. Right. Because there could be upsets. And then now you've spent an inordinate amount of time prepping for teams. You're not even going to play. Mm -hmm. So you have to have a good balance there. I mean, I think it needs to be like 80, 20, Mm -hmm. you know, like 80 work on your stuff and, and keep refining that staying tight with your chemistry, tight with the philosophy and expectations. And then, I mean, you don't want to be blindsided on some random inbound play. So you do have to be prepared because if, if it's a one possession game and they got one random, like three off of like an yeah. inbound play, that would crush me as a coach. So you have to be prepared to take away tendencies, but you can't spend the entire time mm-hmm. on that. Like you've got to go with what, what got you there and you have to be prepared with what you do. And they've got to deal with you too. You know, that's, you know, that's the the coach coming out of me. Like, you know, they have to check us too. Like, so we need to be doing what we do well. So we need to practice that, you know, as well as understand this kid is left-handed force her right. This right. kid likes to come off screens and, and pull, or this kid likes to get downhill. Like you have to have an idea about personnel. And I think that kind of takes care of things um, more so than, than knowing plays really. You know, knowing yeah. how plays are set up and who they're looking to get the ball to and then taking away that kid's tendencies. Mm-hmm. I think that's the true key at this point in the season. But, yeah, you got to be locked in on, on what your team does well and how they operate together. And the yeah. chemistry of, of that is is vitally important to uh, surviving and advancing. And then when you get to the NCAA where you have, you know, like three or four days. It's not that long. You have three or four days to prepare. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like there's a danger of overthinking it and doing the opposite of what you're saying. Like, you're saying, like, we have to do what we do well. And then when you have all this time to prepare and you're a coach and you're, you know, coach, no offense, coaches are insane. 
but you, you, ha- you have all this time and you're sitting up until 4 a.m. and you're watching all the yeah. tape. It, like there's a danger of, of sitting there and trying to change too much. Did you yeah. guys, I mean, obviously most of the time worked out for your team, but mm-hmm. did you, um, did, did you ever feel like, you know, Hey, we're changing too much. Like we just have to kind of zone in, put our blinders on, do what we do. Absolutely. Which is why I'm saying it out loud. So I can continue to convince <laughs> myself of that notion. It's so hard, man, because, you don't want to miss anything. You know what I mean? Like you don't want, like, mm-hmm. again, you don't want some random inbounds play to be the death of your team for the season. Like yeah. you don't want to go out like that. So, I mean, you have to, you know, turn over every stone pretty much and and be prepared. But, you know, in terms of bringing that information to the team, it's 80, 20, but I think for coaches, it may be 60, 40 or something like that. But, you know, the, the mentality that the coaches give the team is that, this is about us, but coaches, we understand Mm -hmm. what's happening out here and what they want to do to us to get us uncomfortable. But, you know, we've got to disrupt them too. So I think we, we will overthink it as coaches. I know I will. Um, And I've talked to, you know, Mike Tebow of, of the Washington Mystics, such a great mentor for me in, in a lot of ways, but in particular with, with coaching, but, you know, I, I'll text him, you know, we're in postseason mm-hmm. last couple seasons and a coach, you know, <laughs> and, and, you know, he'll just say, you know, do do what you do, like be your team, like your team is, you know, on this big, like whatever we've had, like these long winning streaks the last couple of seasons down the stretch. And, you know, what got you those wins? Like, just yeah. do what got you there. And that has been the advice that I've given others. That's been the advice I've given our team as a coach and, and myself, because, you know, sometimes you got to walk off the ledge. Sometimes you got to, you know, get back in the house and, and sit down. It's like, it's hard to, to put it down. You know, there's so many ways to get the information too, yeah. online and YouTube and everybody's games are on there. And I'm like, let me just watch one more game. I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm guilty. <laughs> I'm guilty. <laughs> no, of course. I, I, I do sympathize with coaches because it is, um, it just takes a lot. It takes a lot of mental yeah. strength to say, to not do too much. Like the danger, yeah. that's, I think the danger for most coaches, especially the ones when you get to this level is yeah. like, it's doing too much. It's not, not doing enough. Yeah. It's right. doing too much and changing too much. Yeah. Um, I also, so I had another question. I, I didn't tell you about this before we started. Oh, that's okay. That's, that's kind of what we do here. What's like the hardest game you had to play in a tournament and why? Oh, that's such a great one. And I'm going to paint this picture for you the best way that I can, because seriously, it feels like yesterday mm-hmm. and it was several yesterdays ago. Uh, but it was the regional championship game at Maryland we were playing at Texas my junior year, mm-hmm. and it was for all the marbles to get to the final four. Uh, the other three teams had already punched their ticket. Uh, it was Tennessee. It was Auburn and La Tech. Mm-hmm. And it was between Texas and Maryland. And we had the 9 p.m. game. <laughs> so <laughs> if you know me at all, like a tiny bit, and this is before I even, you know, had my uh, caramel macchiatos and coffee yes. or whatever. Like, I didn't even know about that. Didn't need it because I'm running a rut through the floor in the hotel room. Like, nine, nine o'clock? Okay. And we were at Texas, right? Because we were a two seed that year. And um, 
you know, they had, I don't know how many, 14,000 people there. We had our band there. It's probably about 50 people in the band or a little less. And then we yeah, had our, our booster club there. Why and that is was it? About it. You guys got stuck in Texas's regional, but you guys, it says you guys are the one seat on Wikipedia. Oh, we were the one seat? See, I didn't even, first of all, shout out to Coach Weller for never telling us, like, <laughs> we, we were just like, <laughs> we were a one seat? Okay. Yeah. Wow, and where, why were we down there then? You guys get stuck in the West Regional, which is in Austin, Texas, which is at the end, the last game would be in Texas. I'm, I'm looking at this, I'm like, wait, how did you not know you were the one seed? Oh my God. No, because we were never told, you know, we were never told we were the one seed. And, you know, there's no Twitter, Instagram, you know, all these, the, the ticker, like there was nothing on ESPN, you know, whatever. Our game was on ESPN, which was fantastic. And Cheryl Miller was calling that game, which is another part of the, the entire thing, which was an amazing moment for me. But at the same time, first of all, we were one seed. Wow. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm back. I digress. Okay. But we were there and we had to wait. And it was incredibly loud. It was packed full. Like when we scored, you would hear kind of like a golf clap, mm-hmm. literally. And it was, we probably had, oh, you know, maybe a little less than a hundred people there for us. And when they scored, the floor was reverberating <laughs> and shaking. I couldn't hear Vicky Bullet, two-time Olympian, Vicky Bullet, like five feet away from me calling a screen and all I could see was her mouth saying screen. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is, we have never been in that environment before anything like that. I mean, we've had games where it was crowded, you know, we played Tennessee, you played these teams and, you know, and it just didn't feel like that felt they were up on top of us. It felt like, and the, the stadium there went like straight up and it was like this roar that I can't even tell you. I can't even tell you what that felt like physically. Um, so it came down to it and I, I believe it was like a four or five point game, 12 seconds left. I think it was a four point game. Mm-hmm. It's like 12 seconds left. I get fouled on the rebound. Right. So they called a timeout and I was on the line coming after the timeout. So coach Weller is like planning for what we're going to do. And she's like, listen, after Christy makes these free throws and I'm sipping a water, you know, I have my water in my hand and she kind of knocked my hand and was like, and you're going to make these and the water, like went like, <laughs> everywhere all over my legs. And then the uh, manager threw a towel and I'm like, wipe the thing. And I'm like, okay. You know, she basically told me like, and you're going to make them. And I'm like, all right. Okay, yes. good. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Sounds good. You know, like a hundred thousand people is what it felt like in there and screaming while I'm shooting. And, uh, and my parents were watching because they were going to come to the final four. Had we made it right there, yeah. that was the next step. So, and my dad was a pastor. So it was on a Sunday, I believe so they couldn't come to Austin anyway. So they're watching and I'm on the foul line and my mom knew like my dribble, spin, dribble, dribble, spin yeah. routine that I had all through, you know, high school and all that. And she said, I did it too fast. She said her nose was on the screen and she was watching. So she dribbled too fast. She's going to miss it. And thank God I made both free throws. Lord have mercy. <laughs> and, um, and they ended up going down. They hit a three, right? It was a four-point mm-hmm. game. I made the two, and then they hit a three. And it was like, you know, now a three-point yeah. game. It was crazy. It was crazy. And then it was – they didn't even let the buzzer go off the right way so we could enjoy, like, the moment of the finality of winning. Mm-hmm. And it was like this, like, is the game over? Like, we look up. There's no time on the clock, but the buzzer didn't go off. I was like, that's rude. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. like give, us, give us our moment, you know. And we were like running, chasing each other all around the floor. It was amazing. 
but it was also very eerie because all the Texas fans gave were standing there. You know how they do, you know, yeah. the, the, the sign, the signal, with the hook them. they had the horns up and nobody was saying a peep. And they were all standing there like this and we're running around and we're like, <laughs> Oh my God, this is so strange. We were like, okay, let's cut these nets and get up out of here. Cause it was that, it was that weird. Um, but yeah. And, and for Cheryl Miller to be on that game as an analyst, that kind of inspired, well, not kind of that majorly inspired me mm-hmm. to get into broadcasting because of how much I, I love watching her play and, and the passion she played the game with at university of Southern California. And then for her to be the analyst at the table and the layup line, I couldn't keep my eyes off of the table. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh my God, it's Cheryl Miller. Oh my God. Like I do my layup and then I'd be going to the rebound line. Like, Oh my God, it's Cheryl Miller, like snapping my neck over. So it was just, that was the game that I will, I will always remember obviously for winning, but uh, you know, just having Cheryl Miller sitting there and and the year before being measured for rings and, and not getting it. We lost to Auburn the year before by Mm -hmm. a lot at their place um, in the elite eight. And we got measured for rings and didn't get them. And before that Texas game, we got measured for rings and we looked at each other and we're like, we're getting these rings this time. We're going to get a ring. And, uh, and that was, uh, that was my flashback March madness situation. And and going to the final four that year was amazing. So, you know, we were 29 and three that season. Uh, That was our record for the year. Went into the final four, 29 and two. So, you know, what happened in the uh, semis against Tennessee there, but, um, (laughs) but not because we didn't fight hard. We fought hard against that team. They were just fantastic. So, and and Pat Summit. There's four teams left. Yeah. But now, I mean, at the time, at the time that didn't make sense though, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, we wanted to be the last one standing, but I mean, now retrospectively, I'm like, wow, you know, out of 300 plus teams, we were one of the four, teams left and and that puts it in perspective but yeah that was that was the the one shining moment that I will never forget is definitely that that game at Texas I can't believe they put you in Texas I I still can't believe that like they put the two seed with the home court advantage I'm so mad right now but then we won so now if we had if you had told me that and we lost that game I would have a sting for the rest of my life but because we beat them I'm good we beat them so I I know you Chrissy I wouldn't I wouldn't have said that if you guys had (laughs) lost that game I saw I saw where the story was going and I was like okay like I could tell her that they were actually the one seat here (laughs) if not I wouldn't have said anything because that would not sit well with your girl Mm -mm, no thanks (laughs) um no it's that's an amazing story I'm glad uh I'm glad I got to hear it um yeah no I love I just I'm really excited for March I've been reading a lot of college like I was telling you I think a couple weeks ago I was reading the book about Bob Knight um yeah Yeah. that was really good and then I've also I'm reading this book that's coming out soon that I got to review actually nice Um, it's about Catholic college basketball so I got to read a lot about John Thompson and Georgetown and I was like, oh my God, like now I just wow. want to now I just want to watch college basketball. Um I wish right. I wish both Georgetown teams were going to the tournament, but some someday soon. I know. Soon. Soon. Someday soon. <laughs> um so the other thing I want to talk to you about is players in March, they become legends, right? You yeah. know, there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of names we could say Enrique Gumbawale mm-hmm. uh, what, from what she did in two straight tournaments. Yeah, we could talk about Chloe Jackson. We could talk yeah. about Jackie Styles. Yes. We could talk about Vicky Bullet. Right, like 
Yeah. There's a lot of players on this list of legends that yeah. made a march. If you want to look on the men's side, you got Steph Curry, right? Yes. You got Kemba. So mm-hmm. my question to you, Christy, which teams, mm-hmm. right, which players are you kind of looking at to, to be, to, to step up to legend status here in oh, the March? Man, man like, there's so, yeah, there's so many that could be, but go ahead and say what you're going to say. So first. I was going to, I was going to say, like, I was kind of thinking about this and like, you know, like, right, like Aaliyah Boston, right? Like, okay, yeah. Aaliyah Boston has a great month here and she's going to lead the team to the title. And it's like, okay, but Aaliyah Boston, we already know how how great she is, right? Right. right. So I'm I'm thinking, like, players maybe that are kind of maybe flying. Not not like, you know, players are flying under the radar. They, they could be mm-hmm. conference player of the year type of players, but players that yeah. maybe uh, the nation is not paying attention to as much yeah um so i kind of do do you have any names that come off the top of your head when we're talking about this i i have to preface this by saying that you know this is not me being a homer i think ashley awusu is that kid Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i mean she's leading maryland in scoring and assist and maryland is leading the country in scoring and and over the last 10 games or actually the last nine games now they've averaged almost 22 assists a game they have six players in double figure scoring but she's setting them up i mean she has mm-hmm. has like six seven assists a game and she's setting the table for this team that is is just full of offensive firepower and i i just don't think you know when you have players who are supremely consistent i, I think that's some times why they are overlooked if that makes sense mm-hmm. i think when someone has you know i don't know like consistently averaging 20 a game like 20 you know what you're going to get every night a wusu is going to come out and get you 20 and 6 or 20 and 7 boom 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 just like a machine steady boom mm-hmm. boom and the team is winning the team is successful and i think that has a lot to do with it as well but at the same time you're not really putting her in the same uh, group as uh, Aaliyah Boston and, and mm-hmm. all these other players who are also very consistent and efficient with their play. So I just think it's interesting and, uh, and to how that happens. I'm like, yeah, they're good, but, you know, and the fact that she's not very um, emotionally uh, triggered on and ones like she is oh she's not going to be growling at the camera and not that that's wrong because i growled at the camera so that's yeah. i love i love the passion that's all cheryl miller growl at the camera mm-hmm. like you i'd love that energy but a doesn't have that and it's almost like if you go to tim duncan right yeah and tim duncan man you knew what timmy was going to bring night in night out right mm-hmm. um in college you know we didn't talk about tim duncan like like we talked about Shaquille O'Neal because Shaquille yeah. O'Neal had a different kind of attitude and personality. Feel me? And then you have Magic Johnson, right? When he came out of, of college, he had the, the smile that, that lit up yeah. every, the whole world, right? But then you had Larry Bird who was like just boom, 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 steady Eddie. But it's, I think it's like the personality and and the passion and, and the the fiery players kind of pick up more attention than the night in night out. What you're going to get is this. Um, so I think Ashley Awusu falls into that um, category of players who 
could bust out and have a, a fabulous uh, postseason run and only a sophomore. Um, I think that she she would be one of those players um, in that category for sure. No, and I, the re, I mean, this like Owusu was one of the reasons I wanted to do this question because of how special we've, but we've talked about her all year because obviously you're, you, you went to Maryland. Uh, I, right. you'd call it big 10 games. I live here. Uh, you know, so right. like I'm, we're all, we're, we're kind of Maryland homers and whatever, but Ashley Owusu, the, the other thing is like, when we're talking about legend status, like she's usually going to lead this team in scoring, which means her mm-hmm. name's going to be first on that ticker. If Maryland yeah. makes a big run, you're going to see Ashley Owusu's name. She also snatches souls on the court. Like she's out there breaking ankles every game. If you watch today's game between Maryland and Michigan, they showed Christy reacting to a <laughs> She had a year. It was, she crossed someone up at the top of the key, hit yeah. a euro, then went reverse. And and they showed Christy's face. And it's, it's hilarious because it's exactly what I was doing. I was like, oh my God, falling backwards because – the talent that Wusu has is yeah. undeniable in, in yeah. this way that um, I think she's just going to, if if Maryland makes a big run, I think they yes. can. They're great. They have one of the best coaches in the nation. They have a great top, you know, great starting five. They work right. together really well. Like if they make a big run, Wusu is going to be on ESPN a lot. You're going to hear her right. name a lot. And right. she's probably going to make the last shot in, in yeah. a close game. Yeah. And, and she wants that moment. And I think, you know, and when she does make that shot, she's going to jog down the other end like she's just getting shots up in the park. Like that's just who she is. That's her personality. But I think she's she's due for for a breakout moment like that um, in March Madness situations. And I know they're hungry because, you know, Maryland had won 17 consecutive games last year leading into the NCAA tournament and unfortunately couldn't couldn't take that any further. So. I mean, there's that too, you know, that she has uh, on her shoulder, a chip on the shoulder, if you will. So, I mean, other players that they are kind of flying under the radar for me, I'm just spinning through my head right now, just just trying to think of some of the Naismith um, semifinalist kids that are that are on that list. I mean, Ryan Howard could be, you know, yeah. another one of those kids. I mean, you know, you you don't really, and it's not like. When I say Ryan Howard, everybody knows who that is, right? Um, but you have, I, I guess you just have so many names and so many players doing different things in different ways with different levels of fire and different mm-hmm. levels of personality and passion. So it, it's just, it, it depends on what you're looking for, number one. But at the same time, I think she could be a player that, you know, could change things and, and bust out of nowhere. Um, I, I don't she know. Could win a national title. Right, like yeah. she could win a national title on her own, like Kemba on did. Like this, is, sure she did. could. She could. I mean, not that this. I'm not. There's no disrespect. I think Kentucky has a good team. Around, like you have to have a good enough team around the right. superstar to get there. But she's a player that can take you to a championship, yeah. even if you're not at that level. Yeah. So I agree with yeah. you. I'm Ryan Howard. I haven't really considered her, um, just because she is so good and we know so much about her. But yeah. it's like. She can be that, like, yes. I'm taking this to the next level. Yeah, I have 30 a night, and no one's gonna stop me, and we're gonna get to the national title. And that's that, right? Uh, and I just mm-hmm. think she's she's one that's like that too. And and Ari McDonald, I think you yeah. know, she's kind of a fly under the radar kid. I mean, this kid has scored over 2,000 points in her career. Like, 
why are we not talking about her more? And, you know, they're in the top 10. And I know Arizona had a couple of uh, losses uh, lately, but still, I mean, I think she is still a, a viable candidate to have like some kind of a breakout situation. And, mm-hmm. you know, recently said that she was going into the WNBA draft. So she's like, this is it. This so is I it. think that's going to be, you know, for the kids who are just like, well, I may or may not come back next year. Okay. There, there's still a hunger there, but that's not a definitive kind of hunger mm-hmm. when you say I'm entering into the WNBA draft and this for sure is it. So, you know, every game in, in March is going to be a different kind of feel. So for McDonald to say that, like, listen, I'm not coming back next year. This is the last time you're going to see me in an Arizona uniform. And I think you're going to get a next level out of her as well. Yeah, they're playing. Uh, they're playing. We're recording this on Thursday night. You're probably hearing this on Friday. So, uh, but they are playing. They're kind of in a dogfight right now with uh, uh, Washington State. I mean, they're up eight at half. Okay. But, at half. Yeah, I'm not okay. com- an eight point lead eight in March. Not, an eight point lead enough, in March man. is nothing. Mm-hmm. That's a blink of an eye. Plus. Fifteen <laughs> plus. That's that's you know, and build on it. Fifteen plus. That is not uh, eight. Is not safe. I did want to talk about another team that is playing now. Um, and I feel like I may have jinxed them because they're they're losing by one. And Arkansas is losing by one right now to Ole Miss in the the second round of the SEC tournament to Ole Miss. Um, I think Shakira. Let me see. I, I saw I saw someone on Twitter very briefly. Oh yeah, Shakira Austin has ten points and has gone to the line four times. So yeah, that's uh that's that they're going to have to stop that. That's going to be very difficult for <laughs> Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh boy. I think I think you could throw Shakira Austin on this list. I think you could throw uh Chelsea Dungey on this list. I mean, I think Ole Miss is probably in. I mean, I haven't seen bracketology. I'm looking at it now. I yeah, definitely Dungey. Definitely Dungey. Def- du- I mean, it's the same thing with It's the same thing with the Wusu. It's like she's going to lead the team yeah. in scoring. And she's gonna take a last shot. Yeah, like ding, ding, ding. Mm-hmm. But she, she'll snarl. Yeah, she'll talk, she'll talk her stuff. You know, <laughs> she's not, <laughs> she's not quiet out there. She's gonna uh, let you know. She's, she's gonna, gonna let you. Like, she's gonna <laughs> let you know uh, about what she's doing, and she's been doing a lot this year. I mean, I've, I've talked about Chelsea a lot. Um, I'm really, really impressed with her as you know, just a bucket. She's a bucket. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to stop her. You may be able to outscore Arkansas. It's hard to stop Arkansas. Right. And they're, I mean, they just have so many offensive weapons and, you know, when you have a team that, that has threats all over the floor, I mean, you're plugging one hole and and something else pops open and it's just, I don't know. Like they just have been rolling out and for them to be in a close game, I mean, they've been in some close ones, though. They've had they've had their stretch oh, of, yeah. of close games. So, you know, it's good for them to have had that kind of experience. The scary thing is when you're in March and you haven't been tested or, you know, mm-hmm. one way or the other where you didn't come ready to play and it's a 20-point loss or you came ready to play and you're thumping people. But there's a different level of mentality when you have the, the wherewithal to close out in close games. And Arkansas has been able to do that several times. Um, in the SEC. And so uh, that'll be interesting to see how that one finishes out in the tournament there in the SEC tournament. Tell me if you agree with this, because I, you know, I, I always think of these teams that are more, I mean, obviously Arkansas has, they play really hard on defense. They just don't have, their personnel's not defensive. They're, the way they win games is on offense. Right. When you have these teams, to me, it's like, these are the teams that they can either make it to the final four 
or they mm-hmm. can lose in the first round. <sighs> you know, we've seen a, yeah. a, a neighbor's team make it to the final four in Washington with Kelsey Plum there. I think they were like a seven seed, right? They were something yeah, great. Yeah, they made that huge run. Yeah. Um, and they, you know, that team can make it right. Like, right. Uh, I think Arkansas is going to be in a similar position. I'm looking at the mm-hmm. next, um, I don't know what they, oh, I think they're going to probably be a four seed. That's what they came out in the, in the rankings. Um, wow. but they could lose in the first round too. So I, mean, I think it's, they're going to be the most fun team. I think in, in March Madness. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, you know, they all have that fire, you know, they're all, mm-hmm. they're all roaring in the camera, you know, <laughs> they all have that that pizzazz. And, and I love that. It, you know, it's not a, a taunting kind of vibe, but it's a confident, uh, this is us kind of vibe. And, and you have to, you have to appreciate that. And, and they bring that from all five positions with Arkansas. No, I, I, I'm, I'm excited for Arkansas. I mean, excited for Arkansas all year. That's not like, that's not, <laughs> I've been talking about Arkansas all year. We'll pick. You have uh, for a good reason, though. They're, they're a tough squad. So, you know, like the best teams are fun. Like, yeah, the success and excellence is great. I right. like a team that's a little flawed. And they are. They're a little flawed. Like Shakir Austin, <laughs> players like Shakir Austin are going to eat them alive. But, you know, they're just going to continue <laughs> going at you until right. they can get it. So I, I think I like that they're flawed. I like that they can they can go either way. Um, yeah. Do you have anyone else? I have one. I have one more player, but it's kind of very under the radar. No, you give that one. Okay. Give that one. Okay. So the uh, Oregon State beat, as we mentioned at the top of the podcast, Oregon State beat Oregon 71-64. They're going to the Pac-12 semifinal. Oregon State has not had the best year. They're 11-6. They've gotten uh, their stuff together as of late. I'm trying to see. They're like they're like eight. And one in their last nine games, nine actually nine yeah. one in the last ten. They've been rolling in, in part because they have Talia von Olenhoff, um, who is a high school senior. She right. she she was in high school. She decided uh, she was told that she could get immediate eligibility. I believe that was in December. She was like, yeah. oh. And she finished all of her college, high school classes as fast as possible to get to Oregon State. And now she has been their leading scorer, basically, over the last couple of weeks. She had 19 points and six rebounds in this game uh, against Oregon, where they won. They beat Oregon twice now in the last couple of weeks. 9.6 rebounds, four assists. Uh, she can bury a three. She can get in the lane. She kind of does a little bit of everything. I don't want to, like, diminish what Aaliyah Goodman does because she's really good. And she might she is. She's probably Oregon State's best player, but I think this story, right? Like when you build this narrative of a player who is a high school senior coming in and making a difference in March, like this is something special, right? It's something special and it's something different. Like, can you imagine? Like I could not imagine, first of all, everything that's happened in the last 12 months, right. but, but here we are, right? But mm-hmm. can you imagine like foregoing the last half of your senior year and then jumping right out into the fire and playing with college level players and not just in practice, because that would be daunting in and of itself, but you're out there in games and mm-hmm. the, the toughest stretch of the season, which is right before postseason play and you're killing it. Like I give so much credit to Talia for going out there, number one, 
and just like risking it all for the love of the game. Like, mm-hmm. like she's just like, I'm, I'm taking these classes. I'm bouncing out of here. And not just that, I'm going to go out here and play. And not just that, I'm going to play great. Like, I'm mm-hmm. going to make an impact. And boy, wow, I, you know, I just give credit to these kids. And, and we've always said this, you know, I, I'm a mom of three teenagers. They're going to come out of this entire situation as as so much more resilient than they ever would have been had they not gone through it. So when you have players like like Talia Bond Olenhoff doing what she is doing at Oregon State, and there's a handful of other kids who have done mm-hmm. the same thing, just midstream, just picking up and and going to play. I give them a handshake and a hat taken off. I I just you know that's just incredibly tough to do. And the philosophy and the, the physicality and, and the emotional side of it, leaving your, your high school friends and, and, you know, that whole, you know, you kind of leave your senior year undone. And then you just fast forward to middle of your <laughs> freshman year in college and, and you're playing and taking college classes and, and doing all these things. I don't, you know what, I, I, these kids, are, they're going to be better for it. You know, because they are they are pushing themselves to the limit and taking those kinds of risks and they're successful with it. They're tough. They're really tough. And you know, I love about her. I was watching an interview with her um, before we got on and she's a leader of the team already. Like she's in the interview saying, like, we got to be better on defense. Like we have to realize that we are not going to come into a game and win just because we are Oregon State. That is the that is the first thing that we have to realize as a team to to win these games. And that to me was like, like what, like to come, not it's, it's everything yeah. you said, right. To come in, in the first place is really difficult to come yeah. in and play is really difficult to come in, play and contribute is really difficult. And then to come in, play, contribute, lead and, and bring your team <laughs> to a different level. Like that to me is infallible. Like I, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm really, really impressed by her. I think if this okay. Oregon state team, I mean, you know, you kind of got to say, like, they have a shot. They have to play Stanford, which Stanford beat USC 92 to 53 today. Whoa. Right. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> Stanford's really, really good. They might be the best team in the country. But, but like, they have a shot to win the Pac-12. And they have a shot to to make a deep run in these uh, in the NCAAs. And that's if, if, if Talia Von Olenhoff continues doing this, like, yeah, that's going to be a crazy story. That's going to, that's going to have a lot of stories written about it. That is. And, you know, it, it's just amazing to me, but you know, the, the blanket waiver that was given for transfers to become eligible immediately. I think that changed the game for mm-hmm. a lot of teams this season as well. But, you know, for kids to be able to leave high school and, and play right away. I mean, that's been, that's been crazy to see. And when I say crazy, I mean crazy because they're doing it and doing it well. And it's yeah. just, I, I can't process that. And you wouldn't, if you said that to me this time last year before the pandemic and all that, yeah. I would be like, oh man, that's not a good idea. That kid needs to stay in high school. Like, don't do that. Like, no. you know, I, yeah. well, but we've been so much more flexible in our yeah. thinking with everything. So <laughs> why not? I mean, at this point, it's like, why not? Let's see it, what it happens. Takes a lot, it does take a lot of courage though. I, I probably yeah. would not make that. And would not make that decision just because it's like, well, I want to finish out here with, like you said, you know, with my friends and I want to graduate and do the whole, obviously it's probably different. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we should get Brie. 
Call Brie over here. She could give her opinion. Yeah. She's the one who's closest Where's in Bree? Hey, Brie. Brie. I'm a texter. I'm a texter. She's all the way upstairs. She, she needs to make her courtside debut so she could tell us if she I would leave. If she would, let me get her. I will get her. But we, you know, I, I don't even know. Like if she said something to me about wanting to do that. But first of all, I'm her high school coach. So I'd be like, no, you're not going. No. To do that. <laughs> you can go after the season ends. Right. Well, I don't like, think. Uh, no, you're not. I going. don't think her. I don't think Washington State had a, a high school uh, season, so that was the. Oh, that was okay. a big deal. So they that was that was like her impetus to do it. She was like, "I'm gonna look it up now to make sure I'm not saying something that's wrong." I do. I was reading a story in the next. You should follow. You should. You should go subscribe to the next. You should go subscribe to the her hoops. That's uh, her hoops. That's that's upset.com. Our newsletter is really good. Um, yes, for all absolutely. For all of this coverage, like we will get you. Um, but I don't think there was a season. Let me see. Maybe. Um, or maybe she finished up her season early because they they wrapped it up early. I don't know. But you know, to to make that decision is really is really tough. She's Do we done. have our guests? Yeah, just go over here. You don't have to be on. She's just she's getting back from volleyball and everything like that. Okay, you can just so um Gabe has a question for you. So go ahead and ask okay. her. She's just in your shot. She's right here. So do you think that you could go into college right now? Like, would you decide to go to college right now if you could go and help the team in in March Madness as Talia Von Olenhoff is doing for Oregon State? Yes, of course. I would, I I would be so excited to come and play for Georgetown. Like, right now, like, yes. I mean, yes and no, because, like, I don't have chemistry with them just yet, but, like, Yes, I want to play. <laughs> well, what would be what would be the biggest challenge in that? Like, would it be the chemistry? Would it be like leaving your friends? Would it be getting used to college? Like, what do you think would be the hardest thing if you were in this circumstance? Obviously, it's a hypothetical, so I know this is a tough question. <laughs> but now that we have you um, on, <laughs> I think yeah, it would definitely be the chemistry aspect because I don't want to come in there and throw off the chemistry. Mm-hmm. But um, then again, like it, I might like work. I I feel like I work with them well like with their play style and my play style but you never know so I feel like it would be hard but since I'm like only like 45 minutes away the leaving the friends aspect wouldn't really affect me that much because I'm like right there that's true she's close so that's good (laughs) (laughs) and I told him I told him that you if you had asked me before the basketball season uh to leave early and because I was coaching you I would have told you no, you couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have wanted to though. I would I, I don't want to forego my senior season. I don't think that's okay. Yeah. See, there's that. See? Raise the right, Gabe. See, she yeah. said she wouldn't want to forego her senior year. But if there was no season, I think, you yeah. know. She she, she is talking to her wish, she's talking to her high school coach. <laughs> <laughs> she said that I would have gone. And I get it. And I would have I would have considered if we didn't have the season because of uh the pandemic and all, and she was considering doing that, I, I wouldn't have been I wouldn't have been opposed to it. But since we did no. have the season, that's a, a strong no with an exclamation point. No. Uh, I do want to tell like new listeners, like free is going to Georgetown next year to play basketball. Um, that's, that's why we brought Brie on. Um, <laughs> so that's good. So we, we, we didn't, we didn't know, uh, we, we got a good answer. Um, wow. What a, what a, what a, what a star. Maybe she could be doing this. 
Um, yeah, we're good. The Breeze podcast, Breeze Bumper Curls. She's, uh, she's doing her. She's she's doing her hair right now. <laughs> she's so funny, but yeah, yeah. She, okay, she's well, awesome. She's got a voice now. She wants to be a lawyer like you, Gabe. So oh, yeah. she wants to use that voice well. And, the, and then she could be a lawyer, and then someday she can host a podcast. Absolutely on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. <laughs> Well, there it is. There it is right there. <laughs> we'll, we'll do it all together. Um, that was interesting. Um, Cause you know, I guess it's probably why, you know, I, I'm guessing that similarly to what Bree said, like Talio's probably looking at Oregon state and saying like, they're what they're missing is something like what I can bring and right. I can fit into this easily despite not being there for the entire season. Um, right. And obviously I think, you know, you think about these things when you, when you commit to a school, but I think making that decision is probably easier when you're like, you know, they, they could use me now. Yes. Yeah. I think that's, that's the real key that that Bree was talking about, you know, that, you know, she already uh, understands through the recruiting process uh, where she would fit with the team and, you know, has been around the team and everything like that. So she can kind of see it, feel it. And she watches their games, you know, now Mm -hmm. like online and everything like that or TV, whatever. And, and she she just envisions herself uh, doing what what they're doing in terms of their plays and their defensive schemes and things like that. So she's already kind of acclimating herself and getting ready, even though physically she's not there yet. Yeah, it's also it is. I mean, she she's right. Like it's easier when it's only forty five minutes away. True um, indeed. Um, I I don't know how far because I think Talia's from she's from Washington, so I don't know exactly how far it is. Uh. Uh, it's probably a little early though, I'm guessing. And and we're only 35 minutes away from Georgetown because when I'm driving over there, it'll be 35 <laughs> and not 45 to go get her. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know, this bridge, like, I guess this the key bridge, we won't get into DC traffic too much, know, but, but yes, like, <laughs> yes. You know, give or take, 35 uh-huh. to 45 minutes. <laughs> But yeah, uh, so that's that's all the players I got. We talked about Awusu, we talked about Dungey, we talked about Von Olenhoff. Um, you know, Ryan we, Howard, we, talk, yeah. we, we talked about Ryan Howard. Um, yeah. and you know, shouts shouts to Leah Boston, Paige Beakers, yeah. uh, Paige Becker, sorry. Um, all the players that we know yeah. and love. And Dana Evans, right? Like yeah, Dana, Dana Evans, yeah, we can't leave her off. But that's another like Aaliyah Boston, like it's almost like you know, you want these kids like Steph Curry. It's like, oh, he's too skinny. He's too small. He's too this and that. The other thing. And he came out and LeBron is at one of the, the games yeah. watching Davidson play. And everybody's like, why is LeBron watching Steph? Maybe we should watch Steph too. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's cranking these triples and you're like, this kid can go. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're, we're still talking about Steph Curry as MVP in the league several times over champ and all these things. So, I mean, Everything is built in the postseason. I don't care what level mm-hmm. it's built in high school. You, you build your 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 legacy in the postseason um, with your playoff runs, uh, with your championships. You do the same thing in college. You know, you build your legacy in the postseason on the professional level with WNBA and the NBA. And, and we've seen it. Right. We've seen these these stars emerge. And that's where you etch your name in stone. Mm-hmm terms of who you are and what kind of character you have as a, as a bowler. And I, I can't wait, you know, March is always the best thing. I, you know, uh, one shining moment is like my favorite thing yeah. in the whole world to watch. Just to, And you just see all the investment in that, however long that, that 
clip is, mm-hmm. you know, two minutes, three minutes, whatever. But you see the investment and you see the, the agony of defeat uh, after putting in all that time and work. But then you see that thrill and just the relief when they're cutting those nets down and the confetti is falling and, you know, there's only one team left standing. And, and that's what makes it so intriguing. There is nothing else like it. Truly. Nope. There is not okay. March Madness among sporting events. And I love a lot of, you know, I watch sports all year <laughs> round. I watch every single thing. There's nothing like this. Nope. Like these moments where we, you know, because it, it's still, you know, as you get older too, it's like, these are still kids. Like, you know, like that's something that I can relate to until now. It's like, these are kids and they're, and they're going, you know, they're learning a lot about, um, about life through basketball and absolutely thrill of victory, agony of defeat, leaning on your teammates, getting through it. Um, yeah. It's a special time. It's a special time. And it's going to be unexpected. Like I'm sure the legend in this March Right. It's going to be someone we didn't even think I know. about on this podcast. <laughs> of course. Of course. Inevitably, right? It'll be like, oh, somebody. And I would love that, too. Like, be that. Do that. Like, make that story for us, too. Because, I mean, that's what makes it fun. Like, when you don't see it coming, you know? It's, it's you know, the inevitable um, dark horse, you know? It comes out of nowhere and just surprises us all. And bring that, too. That's what mm-hmm. makes it special as well. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say actually one more name, Dee Dee sure. Richards. Richards. Uh huh. Baylor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't want to yeah. leave out Baylor. I don't want to leave out Baylor. And you know, there's a lot of teams yeah. leaving out and oh God, I know whatever. There's, the list, there's probably 50 kids we can say the same thing about in that yep. way. Right. But it's going to be like that. It's going to be, you know, everybody's in the stable and who's going to run the fastest, mm-hmm. the longest. And, and that's what we're looking for. And that's why we call it March Madness, Gabe. And that's why we're going to be sitting courtside for yes, March Madness. And I can't wait. I mean, this has been a, a fantastic chat as always with you. And we're looking forward to just following up uh, through all these conference tournaments. And as we head into the uh, national tournament in San Antonio, I, I think it's going to be one that we will never forget in many ways uh, because mm-hmm. of the protocol, because of the bubble of it all, but also because of the sacrifices and the opportunity that all these student athletes and coaches get to compete. So um, that gives us uh, an opportunity to chat about it courtside. As always, it's been a blast. Thank you for your insight, Gabe, and thank you for the fantastic questions that give me the mental gymnastics that thanks I crave. To, thanks to Bree for joining the podcast. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Our our March our March correspondent. <laughs> I love it. I love it. The future Hoya giving uh, some nuggets of of information, and I love that too. So yeah, thanks for for pulling her into it as well. But we're gonna catch up with you guys next week, courtside, talking more more March Madness and more on uh, courtside with Christy and Gabe on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network to come throughout the month of March. Thank you guys for joining us. We'll talk to you soon.